0: so much water in my pants right now let's 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 real let's talk let's do real talk okay real talk so i have a stain from paint and i know it's not going to come out but i tried anyway and now everything is blue because of the dye in my jeans so i just would like to share that that's what's going on today (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh, so you tried to water it to get the paint yeah. out.
0: <laughs> and now
1: it turns- I r- real talk, my brain is just completely fried. Like I tried I forgot someone's name who I talked to like 10 minutes before I forgot their name. Oh. It's bad right now. So oh I'm my. a little slow.
0: That's okay. So forgive me. Real talk, you're forgiven.
1: <laughs> real talk, I have a memory of a fish right now. <laughs>
0: Okay, okay, well, why, real talk, why is your head so cloudy right now? Well, How was your week?
1: My week was good. I think I front-loaded a lot of my IC design work at the beginning of the week. Mm -hmm. So I was heads down Monday and Tuesday. And
0: for those who don't know, what's IC?
1: Individual contributor.
0: Oh, very nice.
1: And then, so the last three days, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, have been mostly meetings. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's probably why it's just because I've had a string of days with meetings. But also, I think my memory is just like my wife thinks I need to go see someone because, yeah, I, I'd like to blame my kids. Can I just blame them? Yeah. I'll throw them under the bus. You're allowed to. Eh, it's not the meetings. It's them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you mentioned meetings. And part of the work we do here is not only design and develop software, but we help with consulting and getting clients, you know, helping them out with, if they're using processes now that they're not really that thrilled with, like helping them get out of that and try something new. So right now, this client that I'm working with, they have a lot of meetings, but it it works for them because that's kind of their cadence and everything. But... It's just interesting hopping in and out of different clients and different environments and kind of seeing what teams are doing. They do typically like a two-week sprint, which, again, totally was working for them. But we just recently had a meeting where they're kind of talking about how their communication has just kind of broken down. Because they're doing two-week sprints, they're doing a retro every two weeks. So they're having their feels out not often like we do it every week you know we do our like one week sprints so i don't know it was just interesting to kind of hear them like a lot of it too you can't just kind of jump on and dictate you you have to just kind of let it go and kind of see where the holes are and they themselves were like you know oh there's just been a breakdown in communication what should we do and then we were like well you know make the feedback loop smaller Try doing one-week sprints. Like, that's the really nice thing about trying stuff is that you don't have to do it forever, <laughs> you know? So that's something I've been thinking about in terms of consulting and and helping teams kind of play their strengths and identify some weaknesses they have. And I think communication is such a big one. You know, there was things happening and decisions being made that people were aware of and you know not until after the fact so
1: i mean i think communication is probably at this point it's the hardest part about building quality software most things people can do it's it's communicating around the team making sure that everyone's on the same page making sure that the page that everyone's on is the right one mm-hmm. and and so it's commun not just communication with the team but communication with customers generally like people communicating is just really hard unless you're just in front of them all the time
0: Mm -hmm. yeah it's hard it's hard right now i'm having a hard time communicating i'm also in like a very similar boat that you're in i'm also pretty tired i think i just i also have had a lot going on a lot of context switching
1: the other thing that i thought of while you were talking about that though that's one really nice thing that i think we do is we have that research board the research trello board Mm mm-hmm There's something about saying, hey, this is an experiment that is really important and following, we follow, like, the scientific process of what's your hypothesis? How are you going to test it? Okay, now run the test. What was the results? What should we take away from this? But framing it as, like you said, as an experiment is really important because that way if people don't feel like they're tied to it as opposed to saying, like, we're going to do one week sprints now. Mm-hmm. That's the end of it. I think I like the the attitude that I think ThoughtBots always had, which is like, even if it's not on that research board, it's like, let's do this thing and see if it works. And if it works, great, we'll do it again. And we'll document it. And we'll talk about how well it worked for us. And we'll use it on our next project. And if it didn't work, like, okay, we'll document why it didn't work and we'll move on and you know, see what what's the next thing that will work.
0: Yeah, um, I love and that,
1: that. That iteration is is kind of how we've gotten to a good point in our process, where we've documented everything that does and doesn't work for us. And and I, I love that that you kind of qualified a lot of this too, where like these are things, especially if people read through our playbook, like that's what works for Thoughtbot teams. And it's not the end all be all the, the way to build software. There's certainly other ways to work, and other teams will work differently than a ThoughtBot team would.
0: Mm-hmm. Whatever works for you. And I keep keep saying that, too, and it also gives them a lot of freedom. It's like, well, if most of your team is remote or they have a very, very loose schedule where people kind of come in and out for hours at a time and some people work super late to make up for, but they like, like, they like that. Like, that's something, if you're a night owl and you do maybe your best work later on at night. So it's just an interesting... It just lends to a lot of different things and styles of work. Yeah. When you were saying writing those hypotheses, that reminded me of like that, like writing out the experiment itself is like the hardest part. Because I remember in a recent project, the client kept saying, Okay, so what are you trying to prove? You know, what and how do we know that we've proven it? And which is, yes, we, I was like, that I was about to do that. (laughs) right? But sitting down and writing out, okay, the experiment, what's going on now? What's your hypothesis? What do you think is going to happen? How do you measure the success of this thing? Like sitting down and writing out all those things, that was such an interesting exercise to do with the client, because that really helped us really frame a lot of these things and get a better understanding of what the hell we're actually doing.
1: Yeah, I think that's a really important thing to do. Uh, I do assumptions test table at the end of every design sprint mm-hmm. for that specific reason. It usually helps us dictate like what the usability or test script is going to be for the Friday usability tests or interviews. But beyond that, it gives us like specific questions that we want to hear specific answers for. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're then like, very deliberate about how we're spending that time, what assumptions that we're making, and how we know if they're going to be valid or not. Mm -hmm. And the last project, so so I did a design sprint, it was last week. It's an existing product. And so we changed up a little bit of the design sprint process. and, And for Converge, we kind of really analyzed what they currently have. And during Diverge, we had long-term vision, like what do we think will solve some of the biggest issues for these users? But short term, what are some of the ways that we can get there or start testing it? And so instead of one prototype that we were going to test on Friday, we came up with like a series of probably like 20 or so tests that we were gonna run over the course of the next couple of weeks. And the two designers on the on the project did a really amazing job of a, writing out a job story for it, but, but writing down the assumptions test table, I think it's super interesting to be able to take that card during our, our project and to be able to pass it along. So our normal process is putting it to the top of next up, moving it to in progress and putting it into a code review and then acceptance is kind of a typical agile workflow. But part of acceptance then is seeing that validation. So they're running tests yesterday, usability tests and interviews yesterday. They're going to do it again next week. Of did we see these things? And if yes, you know, awesome. Let's move that on to, you know, what's the next thing that we can continue to do to validate the long-term vision. And if no, like we've shut down that huge feature set really early. They've gotten a lot of good feedback so far in terms of the interviews. And I'm really excited about that process, specifically like in the feature card documenting, this is the assumption, this is how we wanna test it, this is how we know we've validated it. And bringing that over to a development cycle so that we know that we've gotten validation because we ran this usability test and saw X, Y, and Z to be very deliberate that way. Mm
0: And I, I get asked a lot, well, how do you know when it's proven right or wrong? Like, how many people does it take? These are all very valid questions for, pe- for people who don't have never done it before. You know, like, how do you know? And a lot of it, you is, well, think of it in context of the sprint. It's It's us. Like, what do you need in order to move forward with something or not move forward with something? Like, you as a team, you know, we're all smart people. It's just a matter of. Being able to trust your gut as well, but knowing that you've taken the time and outlined a way to also verify what you're thinking, you know, with other people. Yeah,
1: yeah they definitely had the same kinds of questions, too. And I'm, I, I'm like, yeah, this is going to be qualitative information. Like, we're going to be going by our gut, but also, like, it's initial validation like the your validation shouldn't stop after we do these tests like we should continue with this assumption and do more quantitative validation as well and like some of these things that are core to your business you should always be testing to making sure that like that job story the the problem that you're trying to solve is still the same problem you were trying to solve two months ago or three months ago or Five years ago, like things Mm -hmm. change and evolve. So you should be constantly trying to validate your assumptions about those things.
0: Mm -hmm. It's hard to it's hard to do that. It's hard to keep that ball rolling. And it's which is really nice to work with a team that does it you know, to kind of help keep that muscle <laughs> like working <laughs> I, you know, I'm sure people have been on projects where they're like, Oh my God, I mean, it's been like two months and we haven't put this in front of anybody. I mean, I've, I had, we had a client once who they were going out for three years without putting it in front of anybody. So I think it's always nice to just do it early. Often get rid yeah. of the stigma of I'm afraid of what they're going to think or get like out of your head and just show it to people because if you don't then like that anxiety kind of builds and then all of a sudden it's just well I'll do it next week I'll do it next month I'll do it next quarter I'll do it next year and then oh well, my god like you're developing <laughs> and building something for years without any kind of user feedback like, that's not that's not uncommon you know
1: yeah i think the the situations that i've have been best have been when i've said you know what every thursday afternoon we're going to have three people come yeah. test that and I, I've gotten away from that in the last couple projects and I read it because it's just having that schedule. Even if you don't necessarily have anything new to test and you can continue to test the things that you tested last week, mm-hmm. it's still really valuable information to be gathering, getting perspective from, from different people. Yeah, I, I've seen lots of issues around people holding back and it becomes, then it becomes, oh, we're going to launch it. Where it's like, no, you should just just launch the thing on week two, like <laughs> say you're in beta and just launch it.
0: well, people still, and they're very much they say like well, why have I have one shot to release something? I have one chance. I was talking to someone recently, I think it was maybe a potential client, i don't I can't remember who it was, but they were just saying, like we have one chance at this, so if it's bad, <laughs> we're gonna blow it and I remember just thinking like. I get, I mean, you're entitled to your opinion, but you should put yeah. it in front of somebody.
1: <laughs> yeah, so why don't you try and make that one chance the best possible chance you have and like show people along the way.
0: Yeah, they if, just, I, I yeah. see.
1: I could see what he, they, they might mean if they have a certain budget and they have like, they're constrained to that, right? Mm-hmm. Like once that money's gone, that money's gone. So that they have technically one chance, but you don't have one chance to show people like it's not
0: <laughs> yeah it's not
1: one and... Uh, yeah, especially if it's not this huge deal release party kind of thing it's it's like let's show this to a few people and and get their feedback and get them using the product mm-hmm. or or just get them using a prototype, mm-hmm, whatever it is like let's let's get people into the thing,
0: yeah, like the idea of releasing something like an m v p version of what they really wanted. They're like, we can't do that because they're gonna want. I mean, they're gonna come to the MVP and see that's missing, quote unquote, right? Like missing all these features that they're that they probably want. So they're just gonna leave and never come back forever. Like they aren't gonna check when the features are out again. And that's a valid point, right? Like I'm sure there are times, but you can help offset that by being very vocal. <laughs> about the state that your app is in, you know, or just have some kind of sign up and don't show them anything, but huh. and then get get some beta testers.
1: Yeah, find the people that are going to be willing to put up with some pain up front. The client that we just finished this week, he essentially just released it to a group of close friends. Like he had like an inner circle group of friends that he released it to a few weeks ago. We did usability testing really early on. It was a really quick project. I still wish we did more interviews throughout the process, but because it was so quick, I think we, we got a lot in, but he's, he's doing essentially slow rollout. So he's, he has like a beta group of people who just sent it to, and he's going to slowly grow, that audience instead of just doing one huge announcement which i think is is a pretty good way to think about doing it
0: yeah you have to cultivate it it's not just like bam people (laughs) people are showing up at the door you know
1: bam here's your web app yeah thousands of users (laughs) millions of
0: users yeah exactly i like working on internal tools and stuff apps for (laughs) consumer apps are great because of the variety of kinds of the people you can talk to and the research is pretty rich in that. you know. Internally, if you have a large, large, super large team, same, you know. but it's nice to know the people who are gonna be using this thing and you can really help them, help tailor it to them and their workflow.
1: Yeah, doing internal tools is cool because you get to sit down next to the people that are using it yeah. and really see their pain of the current system (laughs) i love how (laughs) it's always around
0: pain you know it's always (laughs) pain
1: yes sometimes it's it's not about pain like i sat next to a call center person and they didn't realize some of the things that they could be doing like so much faster (gasps) yeah It, it was amazing they had they had a dual screens and on one screen they had like four windows open for just one call they had two systems where they had to like document the call and then they, they had two different browsers open. Oh yeah. Like Firefox and internet explorer so that they could do different searches in different browsers. Yes. And I was just like, I was looking at this and watching her do multiple phone calls. And i was just like, like it worked. She did it so smoothly. Mm-hmm. Through, like, but I wonder like, how long did you like force yourself into this amazing complex system? And it's something that one web app could have solved. Like one simple, like thought through web app could have solved all of her problems. And she, like, it just wasn't front of mind. It was like, this is the way I've always done it. It's like, Oh,
0: Okay. Yes, that I had the exact same experience with a call center.
1: <laughs> it's always call centers.
0: Yeah, and they're super fast. Support people. So and they need support. They're the ones who need it. You know, they were super fast in that crummy system, and then the the concern, you know, was always, well, what if if they give them a new tool, they're going to be slower. But then it's like, yeah, but the new tool is going to be so much better, and they'll you learn it once and you're good. Like we're not, we're not going to have like twenty different like icons of buttons, one of which was like a print icon. Like, what are they printing? You know, really? <laughs> it's a call center. What are you printing out there? So there's so many icons that did so many weird things. And they'll always be like, I, I only use these three. I don't know what the other ones do. Like, no, one, probably no one knows what the other ones do. <laughs> and they're afraid to touch them because something might happen. <laughs> something might, something bad. Don't even hover. Don't even hover over it. Who knows what's going to happen? just wipe the database
1: <laughs> random icons
0: so many icons oh yeah yay but you know the interesting thing they had they, they used notepad they all had notepad up in their bottom right corner of their screen to take notes as people called and then they eventually you know clean them up a little bit and copy and paste them into the system. So mm-hmm. when I saw that, I was like, I, I, we're not, I mean, it'd be nice to replace Notepad, but if it's 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 so lightweight and it works for them and the, it's fine, like, in my mind, that wasn't a priority to replace because no, I think no matter what we do, they're going to probably use Notepad. Like, I, I use stickies, which I had to stop doing, by the way, because I can't search through them. And I had so many notes on my desktop. It was unreal. And I'm like, oh, my God, get it together. Use like use a different system. <laughs> but well, you need to <laughs> search through yeah, I know. Oh, God. And all the stickies look the same. They're all yellow and they all have the same weird font. Ugh, it was really hard. Life's hard.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean like the digital yes, stickies?
0: Yes, yes, yes. Oh, God. Yeah.
1: Well, oh, you definitely you can't search. Those.
0: Yeah, it was a quick, same, same, same deal. It was a really quick way of like doing stuff. And then I was looking at everything. I was like, you look at like, what is this, memento? Like, there's just writings. <laughs> <laughs> A beautiful mind, like
1: <laughs> writings everywhere, going from one sticky to the next, <laughs> yes. like connecting them.
0: Yes, arrows and nice. dates that don't make sense. They're all in the future.
1: <laughs> I was thinking that you actually meant like physical post-it. Oh I God, use Kyle. post-it notes all the time. Yeah, I can't search through those. No, those
0: are, <laughs> those are non-searchable. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff, too, that I try to – like, I used to do whiteboard retros. That was, like, a big thing. And it's great. Like, yeah, write it on the board. And then at the end, everyone leaves, and you're there, like, all right, I guess I'll just type all this up now. (laughs) It's like, ugh.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I've been taking a lot of my notes handwritten. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I think we talked about why you do that. We did, Yeah. Retros in particular, I, I continue to hit that. Oh, no, I have to type these up afterwards. I do. So I'm definitely hitting that like, oh, I should just type while I'm in the meeting.
0: Hmm. I know I do that, too. And then I'm like, oh, but I used to always write them on the board. Like, what does that say about <laughs> my life now? You know, like I have to type them, type them up but it's there is a part of me
1: that wonders like how useful retro note like I've never oh my god I've never looked at them all of my time looked back at retro notes so I do wonder like besides the to-dos at the end of the meeting like is there anything that really really needs to be written down or is this something that I like can skip over
0: that's so true with the action items and stuff I recently did one with the design team here and put them all in Trello, like individual cards with the people's faces on them and the due date of the next retro time. And I felt pretty good after that. I was like, oh, yeah. But then everything else, I was like, no one's going to read the rest of this. I think I think one time in my entire career, we went back in time into a retro note because of like a client complaint. Like, but we're like, well, when did this start? Let's go into the retro notes. And I can't believe it was there. But if, that, if we didn't have those notes, it would be okay. It would be totally <laughs> fine. It's, it's like when I throw out a shirt, and I'm like, well, I'm, I'm going to miss this shirt, but I'm going to miss it maybe once a year. And then I'll get over it quickly when I realize I don't have it in my closet anymore. It's like the same thing. Same thing, Kyle.
1: <laughs> yeah. So that's where my head's at. I do think taking notes during the meeting helps me facilitate mm-hmm. them. And handwritten notes helps me facilitate them better. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm still hesitant to, to go actually type them up because of that. Yeah. That was my way of justifying not typing them. being like, Psh, no one reads these things except for the action items.
0: That's so true. But I'm still going to type them up because I can't help myself.
1: Yeah. I've gotten lazy and stopped.
0: Mm. Well... If, they're, yeah.
1: if they ever need to be typed up, they're in my notebook. Or just take a picture down. of
0: them. Why type them? Just take a picture, right? Take a picture. It'll last longer. That's what they all say.
1: Because <laughs> then everyone will see my terrible, terrible spelling.
0: Oh, boy. Spelling. I like it's not handwriting. It's like your handwriting is fine, but your spelling is like, horrible. Oh, <laughs> That's my really spelling funny. spelling is
1: atrocious.
0: <laughs> What's the hardest word to spell? <laughs> Quick, don't think.
1: Give me – I was going to say give me a word that I, I – probably haven't spelled wrong like i i'm I'm a lot of them pretty wide range of words that i spell wrong on a consistent basis yeah consistent Consistent. being one of those words
0: yeah i google a (laughs) lot of words and i just copy and paste oh
1: yeah no what i do is if you use alfred Mm -hmm. there's a spelling check thing oh use it All the time. It's it's fun where like I spell words so completely wrong that like the built in spell check is like, yeah, I know this is a wrong word, but I don't have any suggestions for you. Here's a
0: red zigzag. (laughs) You figure it out. (laughs) Yeah. Good luck. Good luck with that. This just like reminds me of like when I used to write papers in Microsoft Word and I had to start adding words to the dictionary like my name. Cause after years, I couldn't take it anymore. Like, no, my name is spelled fine. Thank you. <laughs> oh, Microsoft Word.
1: Oh yeah, this reminds <laughs> we me.
0: Call it. I think so.
1: Let's do it. Let's end the show. All
0: right, end of the show. Well, show notes, which I'd be surprised what's in the show notes this time around, can be found at tentative.fm/slash/fifty-three. You can tweet at us at tentative.fm and email us at hosts at tentative.fm. And there's something else. Oh, iTunes. Rate us, us on us iTunes. Give us all the stars. Give us all the This stars. is like
1: Mario, where mm-hmm. you want to give us all of the stars.
0: This is just like Mario. And that's all, that's all <laughs> we have. <laughs> oh, cool. Oops.
1: This podcast was brought to you by ThoughtBot. We are experienced designers and developers who turn your idea into the right product. With local studios in Boston, San Francisco, New York, London, Austin, and Raleigh, let's build something great together.